If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about how to avoid predatory lenders. That's kind of a big one, especially if you are struggling to make it paycheck to paycheck. Joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO at Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. And also, Mackenzie Walsh, you are a certified financial counselor at NeighborWorks Salt Lake. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Mackenzie, let's start with you since you are a financial counselor. There are all these lending places where fast loans, cash net USA, and basically I can go in, sign over part of my paycheck or just request money, but the interest on those are a hundred, two hundred percent above what I am borrowing. So my first question is, is this legal? How are they able to do that? That just feels wrong. Yeah, no, unfortunately it is legal. There is no what is called a usury law in regards to predatory lending here in Utah. So there are states within the United States that do have a cap as to how much a predatory lender can charge. But in the state of Utah, there is no limit. So the average payday loan is usually about 350%. 350%. So if I borrow $100, I have to pay them back $350. And that's only if I pay it all back all at once. Correct. And most payday loans are set up in the idea of a type of predatory loan is called a payday loan. The idea is that you're supposed to pay it back within your next paycheck, right? Two weeks. But most people are, are not able to do so. So it's longigating the time and it's making it a lot more difficult to pay it back. So you're paying a lot more than really even just that. Yeah. The reason most people go to get these payday loans is because they don't have enough money to make it until that paycheck comes. Well, now their paycheck comes and not only do you have to pay all those bills you were supposed to pay, but now you have to pay more because you're paying back the predatory lender at an absorbent amount of money. So I just, I don't understand why we're not in Utah, especially and other states, why nobody's putting their foot down and going, oh my God, especially now with inflation, I can see that this is going to happen a lot more. Well, unfortunately... First of all, you know, one of the best things would be to try to get them out of business by not having to use them. Um, but that takes in an individual to have an emergency savings as well as it takes an individual to have uh, better credit so that they don't have to rely on in- institutions such as this that really don't care what your credit score is to qualify. Susan, you've worked a lot at the legislature Is this anything that anybody talks about up there, putting laws in place to cap some of this like other states have done? You know, it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, We had legislation that hit the books in 2020, if I recall. I don't know that anything hard passed. But the last couple of years, this has not been the focus of our own state legislature. And so it's really hard to get that bandwidth going behind it. When these took off, the first time I remember them sort of being in my purview was about 25, 30 years ago. And my understanding back then is that many of our own state legislators had their hands in some of these predatory lenders. Like they 
had interest in them. They bought, oh, I'll help you get business, but you need to give me 10% of your profits. So they had their hands in it. So they had no willingness to cap any income they were getting themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um, I honestly don't know what that looks like in today's legislature, you know, as far as the members of the legislature. I, I don't know what that looks like. I Part of the challenge has been we've been in some good economic times. I mean, it, until about the last year or so. So it probably hasn't been really at the top of the radar. But now with increasing inflation, fear of a recession around the corner, people are struggling. So I think that there is opportunity to bring this back up to say, you know what, Utah, it's time that we put some limits on what we can charge for interest and some of the usury and unsavory practices that are going on with these institutions. How do we start that conversation? I think that, I mean, I think any conversation like that started at a grassroots level. I mean, we have, you know, nonprofits that we see are certainly helping these people, the credit counselors. I mean, I know, Mackenzie, you've helped tons of people over the years. But I think it also starts with good financial practices within our own within our own homes. I mean, you know, it's got to start with me. It's got to start with you as individuals. It's learning how to not get yourself in that buying. Now, it's easier said than done. I mean, when times are good, it's easier to take care of your rent and so forth. But we've seen rents going up atrociously over the last year, and wages haven't. And so we have these areas that we're just we're not sinking like we should. So I, th- I think that's a grassroots conversation initially and, and moving it up with solutions at the legislative level, whether it's to say that, you, you know, payday lenders or predatory lenders can't, can't charge interest rates at more than X percent, bringing that awareness, but also coming with, the, with solutions. Mackenzie, you as a financial counselor, you might be one of those people to have some solutions. So if I'm somebody who's gotten myself into trouble, I just keep taking out payday loan after payday loan and I can barely pay those back. And now because I'm paying so much back to the lender, I have even less money to pay off the, the mortgage or the rent or groceries. How do you counsel people that are in this situation? Yeah, so back in 2018, uh, we created a program called Credit Gazelle. And the program is designed to actually help those who are bound by payday loans. So the program is designed, we work in partnership with a local credit union where they go and pay off the loan and refinance it into a 3% interest rate loan so that you can do two things by being a part of this program. One, you're avoiding, you know, or getting out of the bind that you were with the predatory loan. And second, you're building credit so that you will be able to make on-time payments have something reported to your credit in a more affordable way so that you can avoid having to use such uh, practices in companies like this in the future. So that's that's specific to our company called Credit Gazelle. But ultimately, too, I, I love when people come to me before they have to use it. That's a solution if you come with payday loans. But it'd be great if somebody came to work through a budget or you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be late this month for rent. Is there resources available to me 
that might be able to help me with one month's worth of rent instead of going and taking out a payday loan and then paying it off in over the next six months or never paying it off and then needing to file bankruptcy two years later. This is a good place to take a break because I want to go into more about where these resources are people could go to besides the payday loan. So we'll be right back with Mackenzie Walsh. She is a certified financial counselor with NeighborWorks Salt Lake and also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way whatsoever, we are talking about it. And today we're talking about those predatory lenders, those paycheck lenders that you, hopefully you don't have to, but if you've had to go to them, we have a few solutions. Joining me today is Mackenzie Walsh. She is a certified financial counselor with NeighborWorks Salt Lake and Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs. So Mackenzie, I want to go back to your biggest hope is if people are in trouble, if they are struggling to pay this month's rent or mortgage or can't afford enough groceries for kids before they decide to walk into one of these paycheck loan places, they come to you first for resources. But what type of resources can you offer people? So if we can't provide it we might know an organization or another nonprofit that can. And so what I mean by that specifically is some of those examples that you just gave, if you're walking into a predatory lender because you're scared that you won't be able to pay rent, we know individuals and we know companies that provide one month to sometimes upwards of more than one month for individuals who are struggling. Food resources, not only just food banks, but uh, grocery assistance, child care assistance, emergency child care assistance. And sometimes it might be juggling what you're looking at in your budget, right? It might be, okay, I I need $200, but can we find wiggle room somewhere else in your budget to come up with that $200? Um, it might be that you use a food bank for one week that alleviates $100 worth of groceries. You know, there are ways and sometimes it just takes thinking outside the box and somebody else to help you to think outside of that box. Yeah, I can see that if you are so stressed out, your brain starts shutting down certain areas when you're stressed. It's a self-preservation thing and it just starts going into fight or flight mode. And when that happens, that thinking outside the box, just it's not there. I mean, it's no fault of your own. You just don't have the resources. Your brain doesn't to try to think about it. So that is good to have another person help you. And do you find people don't come in because they're ashamed or they feel others will ridicule them for not being able to take care of themselves financially? I think they're more concerned about what, they think they're failing inside. So I think they think if I seek help, I am failing. I can figure this out on my own. And they do that by maybe doing an outlet that's going to cause more stress in the future versus, okay, I recognize that this is just one thing that I'm struggling with right now, but it's not forever. It doesn't have to be forever. It's just a time. And once they can overcome that, you know, self doubt, that self barrier, they're actually in a lot better disposition because that's exactly why these organizations exist. That's why that's why I do what I do is so that I can help individuals who are in this kind of situation. Susan, do you have anything to add to the people who are worried about just seeking help? 
Well, I think the number one, I agree with you, Mackenzie. People have a hard time admitting that I need some help. We don't like to talk about finances. We feel like people are throwing daggers and stones at us when we're having that struggle. So be able to go to these agencies and, and get that help and get that outside look, if you will, kind of rebuilds you up as well. You know, whether it's I'm hurting, I'm $200 short this month. And, and like Mackenzie said, you know, utilize the food bank to help you out with your groceries or utilize the credit counselor to review your budget and maybe find some of those holes. I, I think sometimes, sometimes I can look at something for so long that it's, you know, you just kind of, you go numb to it, but you give another set of eyes. And they can help you find those areas that you can improve in and you walk out a better person. And it does help that emotional status because these lenders, these predatory lenders, they're preying on that. I need this right now or I'm not going to make it. They are preying on that emotion or they're preying on that fear. And it's so unfortunate in today's society. And I also see that a lot of people who don't want to ask for help in themselves If they have family members that come to them seeking help, not just money-wise, but just, oh, I don't know how to fix my car. And so your advice to that family member is, well, you need to go see somebody who knows about these things, whether it's a mechanic for your car or whatever the situation is. And I would say, take your own advice and go to somebody who has knowledge in this area and can help you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I love to talk about the idea of it's no different that if your child comes to you and say, I want to be better. I want to score a goal this season. And you say, well, go talk to your coach. It's no different. If you want to see the progress in regards to your credit, in regards to your savings, you need to go to the person who might be able to give you the advice that you need. And the nice thing is there's a lot of organizations that do that at no cost to you. So that you can take advantage of, you know, the progress that you can score that goal or you whatever it is that you are trying to achieve. So I know we've been talking about primarily in Utah, that's where we are based. And Utah doesn't have any laws about predatory lenders, how much interest they can charge on those payday loans. But there are other states out there that are in the same situation as far as payday loan companies are concerned. Do we know if those states also have the help where people can go to receive financial assistance for free or at least advice for free? Yeah. So there, are, if anyone was to go to HUD.gov, um, housingurbandevelopment.gov, they would be able to give get information as to where there are certified financial counselors or housing counselors that would be able to, if they can't provide this service themselves, you know, rent assistance or whatever it is they're seeking, they would be able to give them the resources that could. In addition, one I did not mention was is 211 Utah, but there is an equivalent in every state. So the nice thing too is if you are scared to talk to someone, they have a website. You can go and navigate. Okay, I need help with my utilities. And then they give you the list of resources through utilities. Or if you don't want to call someone, they have the text messaging option. I'm a scared. I'm scared. I'm not going to be able to make my rent. And they would be able to give you some links and resources to go about that way as well. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up and check on other resources we may have not discussed yet. So we'll be right back with Mackenzie Walsh. She is a certified financial counselor with NeighborWorks Salt Lake and Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA.
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we are talking about predatory lenders and their practices and how you can seek help before that might become your last option. Joining me today is Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, and also Mackenzie Walsh. She is a certified financial counselor with NeighborWorks Salt Lake. Mackenzie, I want to go back to, okay, let's say I feel like this is my last resort. I don't know that there are other resources I can reach out to, the 211 and other offices. So I just go ahead and walk into one of these payday lenders and they say, okay, fine, sign on the bottom line and we'll take our payment back directly out of your checking account or savings account. Then what happens? Yeah, so that's primarily actually how how a lot of predatory lenders work is that it's attached to an automatic ACH or draft that takes place in biweekly. And typically what I have found that happens is a lot of individuals, they draft that account. And if it's drafted before a paycheck hits or something, then you don't have the funds there or you have multiple things being pulled out for utilities or Hulu, Netflix, and you don't have the funds there. And now you have hit an overdraft and your bank or credit union is charging you on top of that. That often happens with individuals is that they are already in a financial bind and then they have, this is also creating something new. Oh my gosh. So what I am hearing is all I needed was $100 to get myself till the next paycheck. All of a sudden I owe the payday lender $350 because they charged me 350%. They went to pull out these funds and they weren't there. And now the bank has charged me another $50 on top of that because I didn't have sufficient funds. Yes. So when that kind of situation happens, there's a couple of things that you might be able to do. You can request that you call your bank or credit union to have them stop payment. Um, and then you can try to work individually with that that payday lender because um, they'll go to pull it and if it doesn't work, they'll be giving you a call because they've noticed. But that will at least create you from having to tr- be charged for the overdraft. It's always safe, in my opinion, for individuals to try not to just have overdraft protection. That means that they aren't allowed to use funds that do not exist in a checking account. And if you don't know what type of accounts or banks and credit unions that offer that, Definitely give, you know, NeighborWorks a call or or any or uh, specific bank or credit union because you can say, I don't want overdraft protection. I, I don't want to be able to use funds that don't exist. And that's one way to protect yourself as well is to make sure that you can't use what you don't have. Susan, what other financial issues do you see with using a payday lender? Well, I, it just rips apart your whole financial world, if you will. We're, we're talking about these usurious interest rates and you just don't get ahead. And then you add on top of that the overdraft fees and you add on, there's just add on after add on after add on. And one of the challenge, a couple challenges that we see is if someone is so debt ridden, they may just completely leave the banking system. So then if you're operating on just plain cash, you create a whole other challenge in that um, cash goes fast, cash, you know, whether it's in your back pocket or whatever, you, you don't have, you don't necessarily have the ability to control that. Like you can if you're using a, a credit union or a banking account, 
kind of following that little cash flow, that little budget spending plan that you have. So, I mean, Mackenzie makes great, great points in go see that credit counselor, go get some help, work with, work with your banking, work with family. I mean, if you have the ability, you know, it's better to get that counseling. It's better to, if you have good family relationships that they can help you out, but also with that help, understand any underlying causes. Maybe, maybe you need to get a part-time job. Maybe we need to look at spending habits. Am I, you know, impulsively or compulsively spending? And maybe we need to look at those trigger points so that we're not seeing that shiny new 72-inch TV that we need right now with the payday lender across the street from the retail shop with this flashy neon, you know, begging you to come in and borrow money to get that TV. You know, you really need to spend some time just analyzing your own um, financial spending behavior, because that's where it starts. Might I add, too, that a lot of individuals don't want to reach out to family because they're embarrassed, or they don't want to walk into a nonprofit because they think they can do it themselves. But let me just tell you, three to six months later, they're still seeking that same help, and they now are in a worse disposition than had they just done it in the first place, instead of reaching out to a predatory loan at first. So if people before they head into the payday lender and they actually go, okay, I do need some help. I need to figure out and make that payday as a a no resort. Where is it people can go to seek financial counseling? So there are a lot of organizations throughout the Valley and the state that provide uh, free financial counseling. Might I just recommend everyone go to 211 to seek those local to them to see if you're wanting one in person versus phone, because some might you be able to do either or, depending where you are. And in the state of Utah, but also outside for any listeners coming in from out of state. Do you dial 211 or you text 211 somewhere or it, I get on the web and I type in 211? All of the above. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then also you had mentioned HUD.gov? HUD.gov. Uh-huh. I'm going to just also quickly add, not often considered our first forefront in regards to a predatory loan, but rent to own is very risky. You don't need to rent, you know, a beautiful dresser and pay a lot of money over the next nine to 12 months to then own that dresser. Buy it secondhand. (laughs) Don't buy whatever it is, but you can pay a lot of money to rent to then own something or lease to own is really up there in terms of predatory loans as well. And also one last time, Credit Gazelle, is that only a local Utah company or can people get that nationwide? So that is local. It's a program um, sponsored by NeighborWorks Salt Lake. It's called Credit Gazelle and it is a cap of $3,000 that can be refinanced. So if you have a compilation of different payday loans, up to $3,000 can be refinanced into that 3% loan. Any last words, Susan? Take all this to heart. I mean, this has been some great advice that's been given. Everyone finds themselves in a bind once in a while. We all do. So kind of strip the pride away for a minute and just, it's okay to go in and say, you know what? I'm a little bit of a financial bind. Can you help me? Or I need some help. It's okay. These people, these agencies, They're ready, willing, and able to help you. And we all want to see you be financially healthy and be able to 
provide the tools that, that you need. Everyone has their own little personal financial plan they're, and, and they're ready to help you. And I can see maybe combining a couple of things if, if you're here in Utah doing the credit gazelle and refinancing up to $3,000. And then possibly if there was somebody to help me with just like one month of rent, you don't owe as much once you start paying off that $3,000 at 3% as opposed to 350%. And you have a, a month that you didn't have to pay out to your rent. That alone, just those two things alone might be what you need to get yourself back on your feet. And in talking of, of overall financial wellness, you know, we look at credit card debt and we're like, oh, no, no credit cards, which to some extent, absolutely, right? We want to avoid debt as much as possible. However, credit card debt, you will do not see interest rates at 350%. So if you have an emergency and you have to rely on some form of borrowing mechanism, having your credit in a disposition that you can actually have a credit card to use, then that is going to pay way less in interest than what you will get by going to a predatory loan. Thank you so much, Susan Spears. You are the CEO of UACPA and Mackenzie Walsh. You are a certified financial counselor at NeighborWorks Salt Lake. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.